Well, um, today we are beginning a uh, short three-week series uh, to Daniel chapter 3 and the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, just a fantastic um, chapter and just a fantastic story uh, in the Bible. It is uh, an extremely famous chapter of the Bible, and it tells about uh, these three young men. Most of you are familiar with this story and their encounter with the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, their refusal to worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to worship, and the consequence that they faced for their refusal, which is being thrown into a fiery uh, furnace. And in our three weeks in this chapter, I'm going to highlight three different aspects of the story. Uh, today I want to highlight, from the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what true faith in God looks like. Within this story, we find an excellent example and definition of true faith in God. And so today we're going to focus on that and a message that I've entitled Fiery Furnace Faith. And then next week, our focus will be on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's refusal to worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar demanded they worship. Of course, that part of the story runs through all of these. And uh, that message is going to be called, Don't Bow Down. And what I'm going to do in that message is, based upon their example, I'm going to call us as a church to not bow down to the things that our culture is trying to demand that we bow down to. And then in the third week of the series, we're going to focus on the part of the story where God delivers them from the fiery furnace in a message that I've simply titled, Never uh, alone, and we're going to be reminded from the scriptures and from the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that when we face fiery furnaces in our lives, we are never alone. God is always with us. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the trouble that came into their lives, the fiery furnace, came as a direct result of obedience to God. The threat of being thrown into the furnace, the obvious danger that that presented to them, it tested their faith and it tested their confidence in God. Most of us will face a fiery furnace at some point in our lives. Most of us probably already have, and some of us, perhaps many of us, perhaps most of us, are probably facing a fiery furnace right now. We're facing some threat, some difficulty, some hurt, some heartache, some loss, some conflict, some danger that at least feels like it holds so much potential for damage and harm that it's presenting a challenge to our faith in God. Tests like these reveal how much we really trust God, how much confidence we really have in God. How faithful we are to God. They reveal how genuine our faith really is. And there are all kinds of fiery furnaces in life. All kinds of them. They don't all come just from uh, faithfulness to God. They, they come from all kinds of different sources. A serious health crisis is a fiery furnace that tests our faith can tempt us toward feeling like God doesn't care or uh, that for some reason God, if he does care, has refused to help us with something. So a serious health crisis can be 
a fiery furnace. And by the way, on that note, I want to share that just this morning, uh, Kate Tress shared with me that Kevin Tress received his uh, pathology reports back, and he got the all clear, uh, everything looks good, the tests were negative, and uh, we thank God for that. Very thankful for that. Amen. Uh, a job loss can be a fiery furnace, a threat to our ability to keep our home, a threat to our ability to provide for our families. If that job loss lasts very long and employment continues, it definitely becomes a fiery furnace experience. Marital conflict is a fiery furnace. Any type of relational conflict can be a fiery furnace. In my experience, relational conflicts can be some of the very worst fiery furnaces that we ever encounter in life. As people who should love each other and maybe even say that they do love each other, act in ways that are unloving and considerate and unkind. Relational conflict causes what we thought was something solid and reliable in our lives to go wobbly, to, to become unreliable. And it really does become a ground moving under our feet sort of an experience, and it tests our faith and our confidence in God. Of course, we've all been living through a shared fiery furnace the past 18 months or so with the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic. On top of that, we've had some of the worst racial tensions in our country since the Jim Crow era. On top of that, we lived through the most contentious presidential election in any of our lifetimes, perhaps ever. And these challenging situations have highlighted perhaps the greatest collective fiery furnace that we face, which is the accelerating polarization of our country, driven in large part by social media, but there are lots of dynamics at work here, uh, the building up of tensions and animosities that often appear as if they're just about to boil over into something truly ugly and truly horrific, even beyond what we have already witnessed the tragic descent of people into zero-sum thinking, where we approach every topic that you must agree with me on absolutely everything, or you're not only wrong, but you're evil. And while the church is supposed to be a bastion from these things, it largely is not. So the divisions that exist within the culture are being brought into the church, and churches are fighting and even dividing over views about COVID and racial tensions and politics. I can't tell you how many churches I've talked to in the last several months who have lost at least half of their membership over these kinds of issues. And what seems to be happening within many churches that I've spoken to and I'm aware of is that all this upheaval and tension has seemed to have unleashed an absolute torrent of poor behavior. Zero-sum political thinking is becoming zero-sum thinking about all matters, even in the church, no matter how small. Agree with me about everything, or you're not only wrong, but you're ungodly. And I don't speak in these terms often, but I very much believe a spirit of anarchy is at work in the world. And I believe a spirit of anarchy is at work in the church trying to destroy. It's a fiery furnace. 
And sometimes fiery furnaces come into our lives as a direct result, as it did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of obedience, faithfulness to God. You refuse to bill more hours than you actually work for your clients. And it puts you crossways with your boss. You refuse to lie to a customer about something a supervisor told you to lie about. You say, no, look, I, you know, I, I, I want to try to make them happy and keep our company looking good, but I, I can't tell a lie, so give me something else to say. Nope, go out and lie. No, I can't, I can't do that. And so this puts you crossways with your supervisor. Maybe you begin to get mistreated. Maybe it even eventually leads to your firing. Now you're facing uncertainty. You're facing a fiery furnace for nothing other than you were obedient to God. You were faithful to God. Maybe you're a single adult and you desire to be in a relationship with someone, but almost everyone you go out with tries to turn the relationship sexual. And because you're committed to honoring God, you refuse. And so you find yourself alone. You're wondering, will I ever find someone who wants to honor God the way that I want to honor God? Or will honoring God in this culture mean that I'm always alone? The point of all of this that I've mentioned at this point is just to highlight that there are all kinds of fiery furnaces. And sometimes those fiery furnaces come as a direct result of being faithful to God. And that was the case with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. Faithfulness to God brought the fiery furnace to them. The, the trial would not have come to them if they had not been faithful to God. Faithfulness brought difficulty and danger. There's a good one for the refrigerator. Faithfulness brings danger. Be motivated as you leave the house in the morning. So at this point, let's turn to Daniel 3. And uh, turn our attention there and to the difficulty that faithfulness to God brought to the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. I was going to read the whole chapter, but it's very long. I've decided to just read uh, verses 16 through 18, but I'm going to sort of tell the story that leads us up to verses 16 uh, through 18. And as we look at this, we're going to discover the kind of faith that is required when we're facing a fiery furnace, and we're going to discover uh, what true faith looks like. So... Here we go. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three Jewish young men who had been carried off to Babylon as captives by Nebuchadnezzar. This happened during the time that Jehoiakim was king of Judah. And as we encounter them in Daniel 3, they were living as captives in this foreign land, but they were such excellent young men that Nebuchadnezzar had given them positions within his government. While captives serving in the government of a pagan king, these three young men remained faithful and served the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they were living in a culture that did not share their faith. Again, they were living in a pagan culture. And so Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, got this great idea and he uh, built this, uh, he thought it was a great idea, and he built this golden image, this golden idol. And he commanded that all of the people of Babylon at the appointed time were to bow down and they were to worship this golden image that he had set up. 
as faithful servants of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that they could have no gods but Yahweh. And so when the appointed time came, they refused to bow and worship the golden idol that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Malicious men that knew what they had done reported their refusal to bow and worship to Nebuchadnezzar. And we're told in verse 13 of chapter 3 that Nebuchadnezzar in a furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. So they were brought in front of the king and their refusal to bow and worship the image was confirmed. And so Nebuchadnezzar, being the gracious guy that he was, he gave them one more chance. He gave them an ultimatum. He told them that they could either bow and worship the idol that he had built or that they would be thrown into the fiery furnace. And he taunted their faith in God. He asked them this, and if I do that, who is the God that will deliver you out of my hand? Now, now there's something that's important to understand about this story. Uh, until this refusal to bow and worship, these three young men seem to have had the favor of Nebuchadnezzar. They were officials in his administration. The trouble they find themselves in, again, this dangerous situation, this risk of death, is entirely because they've chosen to be faithful, to be obedient to God. It directly led to the hardship. It directly led to the danger that they're facing. So this is the setup for Daniel 3, 16 through 18. I think it'll be on the screen uh, behind me. Within these three verses and the example of these three commendable young men, we're going to find out how faith responds to hardship, difficulty, and danger. We're going to find out how people who want to please God respond when obedience to God has led them to a place of great hardship or when they're facing a fiery furnace of whatever kind that has come to them for whatever reason, we're going to find a true picture of faith in God. Here's what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Within those three verses, we see a really good picture we get a great definition of what true faith in God is, what it looks like. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Their personal situation, the threat that they're facing, does not change their confidence in the power of God. They know that the God they serve is all-powerful. They know that no situation is ever out of his control. They know that just because they're in a tight spot, it does not diminish at all the capabilities of the one who spoke everything in 
to existence. They have no reservations about it. The situation isn't too big for God. The situation is not beyond God's control. They know deep down in their being that God is able to deliver them. And this is the response of true faith when faced with a fiery furnace, when faced with difficulty and hardship and danger and heartache. No matter what our circumstance, job loss, financial pressure, disapproval of neighbors, unfruitful ministry, loss of a relationship, even danger to our physical bodies. We know if we have true faith, we know that we serve a God who is able to deliver us out of any circumstance. We know that God can provide another job. We know that God can send financial provision from an unexpected source. We know that God can breathe new life into your ministry and it can become fruitful. We know that God can protect us from harm. We know that God can heal broken relationships. The faith that pleases God is faith that looks at hardship and danger, looks it straight in the face and declares with conviction, God is able to deliver me. True faith in God is having confidence that nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible for God. That God is all-powerful, fully able to rescue us out of any situation. So true faith, fiery furnace faith, looks into the flames of the furnace and says, God can take care of that. God can deliver me from that. True faith looks at a malevolent enemy who has you in their grasp and says, God can deliver me. That says, you're only going to hold me in your grasp as long as God allows you to. Not a minute more. So true faith says God is able. But true faith doesn't stop at God is able. True faith takes another step says something else. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't stop at believing God was able to deliver them. They added, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They, they didn't just believe that God was able to deliver them. They believed that God would deliver them. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I believe one of the problems, biggest problems we have in Christianity today, and it's sometimes a problem for me if I'm being honest with you, is I think we have too many Christians who believe God can do things, but don't actually believe God will do things. We theoretically believe he could deliver us from the fiery furnace, could deliver us from Nebuchadnezzar, could preserve our job when we refuse to do something unethical, could heal the relational fracture in our lives, could send us a spouse. When we're faced with a fiery furnace, it's important for us to not only believe that God is capable, but to believe that God is willing to show himself strong on our behalf. True faith has confidence that God will act in the here and now. 
that God is actively involved in our lives, working for our good. You know, he's not just the clockmaker who created it all, wound it up, and then just lets it run. God didn't just put us on the earth and, and say, you know, you're on your own till the end. I'll see you at the end. He didn't do that. He doesn't do that. God is actively involved. True faith, fiery furnace faith, looks at the health problem and says, God is able to heal me. And I believe God's going to heal me. That's what true faith looks like. True faith, the kind of faith that we're supposed to have in God, biblical faith, looks at the financial crisis we're facing and doesn't just say God could take care of this if he chooses to, but and says, God will take care of this. God is going to help us. Fiery furnace faith looks at the fractured marriage and says, God is going to heal this marriage. I've all, often said this, and we're off, we're off my notes now, so this could get dangerous, but if I have something wrong, I don't want a bunch of people gathering around praying for me that aren't sure if God wants to help me or not. So I'll just warn you about that now. If I have a need in my body, I want you praying God will heal me. If I have a financial crisis, I want you praying God fix this financial crisis for Brian. I don't want a bunch of people that are confused whether God wants to do something good for me or not. Well, God, only you know if you want Brian to be destitute or not, so whatever. I don't want that. I want people who believe that God not only is able, but he's willing to help out. All right, back to the notes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if we're to have God-pleasing faith, if we're to have faith that endures when facing a fiery furnace, we have to have enough confidence in God that we not only believe that he's able to do what we need, we also believe he's willing to do it. So faith believes God can, he's able. Fiery furnace faith also believes God will. He's not just able, he's also willing. He's also willing. Now this will sound like a contradiction to what I just said in my diversion from my notes, but it's not. Okay? We have to take one step further to see true biblical faith. If we stop with God can, if we stop with God will, then we don't fully understand how true biblical faith responds to hardship. If we stop here, we don't really understand what biblical faith is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So catch that. They believed without any shadow of a doubt, that God was able to deliver them from Nebuchadnezzar and the burning fiery furnace. 
they declared with confident boldness that not only could God deliver them, but that God would deliver them from Nebuchadnezzar and the fiery furnace. And yet their commitment to God was such that even if he did not deliver them, they were even if he didn't do what they believed to the core of their being he was going to do, they were still going to obey God and were not going to obey Nebuchadnezzar's decree to bow down and worship the false god. Their fidelity to Yahweh was not contingent on God delivering them. Their faith was such that even if he did not do what they expected him to do, they were still going to remain faithful to him. True faith, biblical faith, fiery furnace faith, is faith that remains even if God doesn't do what we want him to do and we believed he would do. True biblical faith always includes but if not. You say, Brian, how's that work with what you just said? Well, there are a variety of ways, but here's one thing I'll share. The but if not comes from the person facing the furnace, not the person standing around debating what God's going to do. Did you catch that? When you're facing the furnace, you're the one that gets to say, but if not. I'm not the one that comes in and brings a bunch of questions to you about whether God's going to, to deliver you from the furnace or not. So that's one of the key, key differences. When you err from your notes, then you have to go back and explain yourself. So I think I'll stay on my notes from now on. So, <laughs> so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give us a perfect illustration of true faith. No matter what we face in life, we know that the God we serve is capable of providing whatever we need. The God we serve, we need to remind ourselves of this over and over and over again. He is the creator of everything that is. He's not just the creator of everything that is. He is the sustainer of everything that is. It only continues to exist because he sustains it. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. Of course he can heal our bodies. Of course he can provide a new job. Of course he can heal a relational fracture. We approach every trial in life knowing that we belong to all-powerful God and nothing is too difficult for Him. And so we have confidence that God can provide all that we need. But true faith, fiery furnace faith, always remains committed to God and confident in God even if things don't go the way we hoped and God doesn't deliver the way that we believed he would. It's one of the great things I loved about my Pentecostal upbringing. The, the Pentecostals that I grew up with, they really practiced this. Whatever was facing them, they knew that God was able. And they believed to the core of their being that God was going to do what they believed God wanted done in the, that situation. And they always believed that God wanted good for them. And so they, they believe God is able. They believe God is willing. He's going to do it. He's going to heal my body. He's going to provide my job. He's going to make my ministry more fruitful. They believe this to the core of their being. 
And then if it didn't work out the way that they thought it would, they just said, okay, but if not, I still serve God. I'm still with him. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. We don't understand it all. I, I know he could have. I believed he would. He, he didn't. Okay. We just keep pressing forward. Trust God because he is trustworthy. Amen. So most of you know how this story ends. And we're going to look at that uh, two weeks from today. God did deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace in a dramatic way. I'm looking forward to talking about that. But the Bible also gives us examples of people who were not delivered in the way they thought they would be delivered. It gives us examples of that as well. But their faith remained strong because their commitment to God was unshakable. They had, but if not faith. And that kind of confidence in God comes from knowing God so well that even when the worst happens, we know we'll be okay because we serve the God who not only created the heavens and the earth, but the God who has defeated death and the grave. And so we know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. People often become disillusioned with faith, disillusioned with God, because they believe that God could and should do something that God hasn't done. My marriage ended. God didn't fix it. I've been mistreated by so many people who should have loved me, and God didn't protect me from that. It's true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego received the deliverance that they declared God would provide, but not everybody in the Bible did. In Acts chapter 6, Stephen, who was faithful to God, was stoned for being faithful to God, and he died. He was not delivered from the stoning. John the Baptist was faithful to God, and he was beheaded, was not delivered. Tradition tells us that almost all of the apostles died for their faith, not delivered from their fiery furnace. They had, but if not, faith. Sometimes the outcome we desire does not happen. Not because God wasn't able, not because God wasn't willing, but because God chose to glorify himself in us by having us be faithful in the face of of incredible hardship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood something we would do well to believe. They were going to be delivered. The only question was whether they would be delivered from death or in death. Either way, Nebuchadnezzar had no power over them. They were in the care of the God who loves his people so much that he set it up so that even when the worst that happens does, we're still okay. We die, and it just means we get to eternal life quicker. Now, we don't often think about it that way, but that's what it, that's what it is. God has set it up so that the worst thing that can happen to us is the most incredible blessing we'll ever receive. It's incredible. It's incredible. 
And I think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were so committed to God. They loved God so much. Their, their driving passion was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But for them, faithfulness was all that mattered. And they knew they were going to be delivered one way or the other. And this frees us to serve God no matter what. Matt Chandler is the pastor of a megachurch in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. Probably about 12 years ago, I became aware of him, and it was right after he had been diagnosed with an incurable form of brain cancer and given two years to live. At that time, he was in his uh, early 30s, the father of a couple of kids. He describes his life up to that point as everything he touched turned to gold, and his life had been one smooth smooth lake for the whole time. But I believe it was only, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. He uh, collapsed and uh, was taken to the hospital, found out he had incurable brain cancer and would not live beyond two years. I saw him in a conference a few years after his surgery for brain cancer. And at this point, he had outlived the initial prognosis, and the doctors were now saying that with how he had already outlived the prognosis, that they were becoming hopeful uh, that he may continue to outlive the prognosis. By the way, he's still alive today, 12 years later. But he stood before the conference, and he expressed his thankfulness for being alive and for still being cancer-free. And he noted to the conference how many people had been coming up to him and commenting to him about how good God had been to him by prolonging his life. And he said a simple yet powerful statement. He said, it's true. God really has been good to me and my family. But I want you all to know something. Even if I had already died, God would have still been good to us. Because God is good. He believes God can give him a full-length life. I'm guessing at this point he's pretty confident that God will. But his faith was and is such that he was able to say, even if things don't go the way we would like them to go, we're still going to love, serve, and obey God. And God is still good to us. That's but if not faith. By faith, we can face life's fiery furnaces, knowing that however it turns out, whether we are delivered or we are consumed by the fire, we'll be okay. Because we know that whatever happens, God is in control. We know that whatever happens, God will empower us to face it. That whatever happens, as long as we're faithful to God, obedient to God, whether he glorifies himself by causing us to be victorious and successful by bringing deliverance to us, or whether he glorifies himself through our facing difficulty and remaining faithful, perhaps even to the point of death, whichever it is, whatever happens, we'll be all right. Because God loves us. And nothing can separate us from God and his love. 
you know you have fiery furnace faith, true biblical faith, when you believe that God is able to deliver you. When you believe to the core of your being that God will deliver you. And when you're able to say, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. That's biblical faith. Will you stand? Thank you.